Hi, everybody. Welcome to Greenlight Reviews. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And we talk about movies on this show. And today we're going to discuss a film called Magic Mike Mm -hmm. XXL. Okay. Now, Ann, Mm -hmm. you and I have been doing this show for Mm -hmm. approximately nine years. Uh, I think so. And we've seen generally about (laughs) 80 to 90 movies per year. Mm -hmm. I've got to tell you that Magic Mike XXL is by far the worst movie I've seen since we started doing this show. (laughs) This is so bad. This is so gross. This is so disgusting. I couldn't believe it. How did you feel about the movie? (laughs) I felt like why do I have to sit through this? I would have been out of there in 15 minutes. Well, then we better talk a little bit about the plot. Well, we can't do that, Anne, because there is no plot. Well, there's a little <laughs> bit of plot. Okay, here's the plot. We have Magic Mike, played, of course, by Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. as he did in the original Magic Mike film. And he's basically a stripper, and he hangs out with these other stripper guys. But three years ago, he quit. He opened his own business, and he hasn't seen any of these people, and he hasn't danced for a long while. And then he finds out that there's going to be a big strippers convention. (laughs) Well, it's not strippers. It's male entertainers. Well, that's what they call themselves. Of course. Down in Myrtle Beach, all these guys are going, and they're trying to get him to go with them. Mm. And he finally decides... Wow, I've been missing this for three years. I'm going to start doing this. <laughs> so uh, he gets on this strange kind of contraption. It's like a food truck, but they all sleep and yeah. cook there and what have you. And they start south to Myrtle Beach. And then they do the show. And that's the plot. Well, I think the question is was Magic Mike XXL worth the three year wait? And for all those screaming women out there who threw themselves at the screen when the first movie debuted, I'm sad to say that Mike has lost his magic. Mike has lost a screenplay, a plot. They lost Matthew McConaughey, who played a rather maniacal character, the MC, in the first Magic Mike movie, and actually kind of held the film together in a crazy way. And they lost the director, Steven Soderbergh, who brought some kind of depth to a rather shallow story in the first film. Now, you take away all those ingredients and you are left with a very pitiful embarrassment. All the male actors involved should hang up their dance belts, get out of the gym, and go directly to an acting class. This is an abomination. I was really shocked that this film was given a green light by the studio and that the executives who were in charge of distributing this film didn't pay attention, didn't go on the set, didn't take the director aside, Gregory Jacobs, and say to him, what on earth are you thinking to allow this to go on? I can't imagine, Anne. Here's the problem. They're all terrific-looking guys. No, they're not all terrific. I beg to differ. Okay. (laughs) There's that guy named Tarzan in there who's about 50 years old, and I never want to see him again, dressed or undressed. I wasn't considering him. Well, he's part of the five. Okay. The five main dancers, I have to say. Magic Mike has this gang of muscle buddies, and they all pole dance together. And they reunite, as you pointed out, Les, for one last blowout in Myrtle Beach. Right. Okay. All right. So you do have these basically good-looking guys. You have a bunch of women, some pretty and some not so pretty, running around doing absolutely nothing in this film. There's a lot of music and 
a lot of what I would consider to be very untalented dancing. And it's very graphic. Now, along the way, I want to point out that there are some actresses who pop up in this movie, and they have good credentials, the actresses do. Jada Pinkett Smith, better known as Will Smith's wife. Jada plays a former girlfriend of Magic Mike. They stop in at her establishment because Magic Mike and the gang has run out of money, so they hope to get a loan from her or maybe go to work for her temporarily. Her character, Rome, runs a male stripper establishment, kind of designated for frustrated housewives, whether they're from Atlanta or New York or Beverly Hills, wherever these housewives lurk. And they go to this roadhouse, and they are allowed to go into private rooms where lots of male studs gyrate to music and they throw money at them. And they do this for what seemed to me an intolerable amount of time in the movie. That's a half an hour in that whole sequence. It just went on and on and on. Just as a matter of interest for those people who watch The Morning Show with Kelly Ripa and the always entertaining Michael Strahan, who's a former football player. Unfortunately, Michael Strahan shows up in this movie as one of those male studs in Rome's Roadhouse wearing a gold lame dance belt. Ooh, please, don't ever do that again, Michael. I was very shocked when I saw him. I was surprised when I saw Jada Pinkett Smith. I wonder how any of these well-known actors got talked into cameos. Elizabeth Banks uh-huh. winds up being the MC down at Myrtle Beach. One of the MC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is very beautiful and very talented. And how they got her to be in this film for approximately seven minutes is beyond me. Well, then there's Andy McDowell. Oh, my now, gosh. She drawls and drools all over the place in her cameo role. She plays the mother of a hot chick that Mike is attracted to. And Mike and this gang of muscle guys end up spending an evening in the mansion of Andy McDowell. You know, I kept thinking maybe Miss McDowell will raise the level of the film. She's a very, very good actor. Yes, she is. Unfortunately, this movie just drags her down like everybody else right into the mud. Now, I know that there are a lot of movie-going ladies out there who have been sick and tired of being exploited over the years by having movies that only show women as pole dancers. I'm thinking of the film Showgirls, for example. To me, that movie is worth a Pulitzer compared to this piece of drag. Absolutely. It's not great, but it's so much better. But that's not the point of bringing this up. What I want to say is that a lot of women think it's fair play for women to get a good look at beefcake as opposed to always being cheesecake. Therefore, this movie got made, I think. Now, the problem is the genre, whether it's exploiting cheesecake or beefcake, is tawdry. Well, don't forget tacky, Anne. So (laughs) it doesn't matter who's the audience. The movies are lousy because no one has figured out how to do a decent picture about this concept, about this idea. So for me, there is absolutely nothing about Magic Mike XXL that warrants my spending a few bucks on the ticket or even less than that to rent such a film. It's disgusting eye candy with nary a brain cell in sight. So for me, Magic Mike XXL rates 
a really bright red light. You know, I was thinking, Anne, as I was walking out of the theater, it doesn't deserve any sort of a light. Right. It really does. Turn the lights out on this film. Absolutely. One of the worst films I've seen in the last 10 years, and possibly one of the worst films ever. Well, of course, I am giving it a red light, too. Frankly, I knew that within 15 minutes. That's the trouble with having a job like this. you got to sit through the movie. This wasn't even a review, folks. It's a warning. <laughs> well said. So, two red lights for Magic Mike XXL. Well, we're going to be back to do another film very, very soon. We hope that you will join us. Until then, my name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that whatever you do, you're going to have a much better time than we did when we went to the movies. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.